What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez, and today it is just me. I'm riding solo on the show, but man, I got a lot of things that I need to talk about here, and there was some huge news, like some of the biggest sports news that has dropped recently um, that happened this morning, and I'm assuming you all know what that is, and we're just going to hop right into it. I don't have much of an intro. Just thank you for everyone listening and tuning into these episodes. I know it's been maybe a week or two since I've dropped an episode, but it's just been so busy with school and finals and stuff, so haven't been able to be as consistent, but here we are. And I also hopped on the Truth About Marketing podcast with Colin Jordan. You guys need to go check that out at Truth About Marketing on Instagram. You can check that out and on YouTube. The whole episode's up on YouTube. It's just a little podcast um, talking about... um, just everything about marketing in the marketing world and the business world. So I hopped on that with Colin Jordan. That was a ton of fun. So definitely go check that out um, at Truth About Marketing on YouTube and Instagram. But we're going to hop into this sports news, man. And if you have not heard yet, uh, real fast, okay. This is going to be, these next 10 minutes are probably just going to be one long rant session for myself. Um, but yeah, so buckle up, get ready. Here we go. You have not heard yet. Shohei Otani signed with the Dodgers this morning for seven hundred million dollars over ten years. And man, oh man, Shohei has been—you know—this has been the story of sports for the past couple of. I mean, honestly, for a long time, but like these past like week or two, have it's just been ramping up. Everyone trying to figure out where they think Shohei is going. You know. Um, and it came out this morning. He's signing with the Dodgers. He posted it on Instagram. And uh, it happened for $700 million. Easily the biggest contract in sports, North American sports history. And it's not even close. But we're going to jump right into this. And like I said, this is just going to be a rant session. So I'm going to start with this. Shohei Otani. You have gone from... You have gone from the most respected athlete in baseball to the least respected athlete in baseball. I don't like you at all anymore. And I am the biggest Shohei Otani hater in the world. You cannot find another person more of a Shohei Otani hater than myself. That is me. I am him. I take that title. I am so against Shohei Otani now. I hope he never sniffs the playoffs. If he does, I hope he gets bounced. I hope he gets swept in the first round. I hope he never sniffs an MVP award anymore. And I hope he never pitches again. Shohei, you are a sellout. You are a fraud and a disgrace to the game of baseball now. I'm not saying you're not good because that would just be objectively wrong. You're still one of the most talented players to pick up a bat and put on a glove. But Shohei, I don't respect you at all. I absolutely despise you as a player and as a person now. I am actively, actively rooting against you as hard as I possibly can. I am no longer a fan. And I was always a fan because you're so good. Shohei Otani is so good and he's so fun to watch. He's absolutely generational, but not anymore. I hope nothing but the worst for your baseball career. 
I do not want you to succeed. I hope you fail, and I hope you fail again, and I hope you continue to fail. Because you are a sellout. You are a 100% complete sellout. And it's pathetic. Now, I'll say this. I'm not shocked at all that he's a Dodger. At all. I mean, this was, again, this is, if I was a betting man, which I am, I was putting money that he was going to the Dodgers. 100%. Not close. I knew it was happening. Everyone knew it was happening. It's the Dodgers. They get all the big free agents. I mean, that's it, that's just what happens, right? So you, that was not a, that was just, I knew it, right? And it's not even about me being mad about him not being a giant. Did I want him to be a giant? Of course I did. Why would I not, right? Now, $700 million? I don't know. That's a lot of money. But I wanted him to be a giant. I was hoping he'd be a giant. But, I I mean, was I really hoping because I knew it wasn't going to happen? So, it's like I honestly took myself out of the running. Like, I was like, you know, it didn't come down. It wasn't. It wasn't essentially me rooting for him to become a giant. It was the whole time it was just me rooting for him to not be a Dodger. Because I knew for a fact it wasn't going to be a giant. So there was no point in me getting any any sort of hope. The Giants don't get big free agents. The last one was Barry Bonds. And that'll probably be the last one. Um, so it's not about me being mad that he's not a giant. That's not what it is. It's just about him becoming a Dodger. And now the Dodgers, I mean, say what you want. They probably are the deepest team in baseball. Um, They don't have great pitching. I, that's the one thing about the Dodgers is their pitching is not fantastic, but their lineup is ridiculous. The Dodgers have three MVP finalists on their team. Last year, they had three MVP finalists. Three guys that are on their roster right now were MVP finalists last season. That's unreal. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and now Shohei Otani. Shohei Fraud Tani. Sorry, I have to just call him Fraud Tani from now on. And Shohei Fraud Tani. And the Dodgers clearly have the best team in baseball. They should win the World Series. But... You know, that's not what the Dodgers do, right? So the Dodgers buy and they buy and they buy. But they just can't seem to win the World Series, which is which is honestly something that I've never seen. It's kind of like the Niners, honestly, but not as bad. Or no, it's worse than the Niners. Like the Niners aren't as bad, but like it's kind of like the Niners in that regard. Like they just have such a good team, but they never win the cha- win, uh, win the championship. But um, no, the Dodgers every year, year in and year out, they lose, they lose, they lose, they choke in the playoffs. Twenty twenty. If there are actual Dodger fans out there who legitimately believe that twenty twenty counts as a legitimate ring, wowza. Okay, sixty games. You played sixty games. Um, so that's all I need to say. 60 games. MLB is 162, not 60. Win it for, go, go the entire season and then win a championship. And then you could talk. That's prop that might happen. We don't know now. Just they, this team is so good with Shohei Otani. The rich get richer, but this is, this is also what I'm going to say. They paid $700 million for a DH, a DH. Shohei's not pitching next year. And who knows after I mean two total Tommy John surgeries for Mr. Fraud Tawny. 
you can have him. You know what, Dodgers? You can have Shohei Fratani and his two Tommy Johns. You can have him. Nobody wants him. Okay. This, I hope and I pray and I honestly believe this will go down as the worst contract in MLB history. And man, I hope it does. Oh my goodness, I hope it does. It has the chance to. I'm not going to sit here and just like totally say it will, but it, it has it has the opportunity to. And man, I hope it does. That's a lot of money for one guy. $700 million for one guy. For a guy who's not even, who's just going to be swinging the bat three times a game, if that, because he might get hurt. I don't know. Listen, man, Shohei Fratani, you are a pansy. You are an absolute sellout. Nobody likes you. And I hope you fail and fail and fail and continue to fail and never win a World Series ever. So you're a sellout. You're a fraud. No one likes you. Um, but this team is good. I mean, this Dodger team is good. Well, I mean, you can go down the list. Freddie Freeman, first base. I mean, MVP finalist last year. Second base, I guess they got Mookie Betts, MVP finalist last year. Um, I guess they got Gavin Lux at shortstop. Is that who they're – Gavin Lux, I mean – Max Muncy, up and down. Max Muncy's up and down. Um, Chris Taylor, James Out, James Outman should be a giant, but no, never going to be a giant. No one's gonna, no good player is going to be a giant. Um, but Chris Taylor, James Outman, you just signed Jason Hayward. I mean, and now you got Shohei Otani. So again, their pitching's not great. But that's a deadly lineup, like it is every single season. So we just have to pray that the Dodgers continue this streak of sucking in the playoffs and choking, and we'll be fine. But anyways, this was very disappointing to see, although it was expected. It was still very disappointing that he would actually choose to sign with the Dodgers. Um, man, I would have rathered him go to Toronto. Anywhere, literally anywhere. Toronto, Yankees, obviously the Giants. Um Braves, even if you wanted to go to the Rangers, Diamondbacks, like it doesn't matter. Chicago, like it doesn't matter anywhere but Rogers. But Shohei Fraud Tani fits in perfectly there. He fits in absolutely perfectly. It's a fraud player on a fraudulent organization with a fraudulent coach and a bunch of fraudulent playoff chokers. Okay, that's the Los Angeles Dodgers, so I'm not worried. I'm not worried. This is a bad contract. This is a bad contract, and um, Shohei Otani is a fraud. So nobody likes you, buddy. You've went from the most respected player in baseball to the least respected player in baseball. Nobody likes you. I'm done ranting about Shohei Fraud Tani. We're going to move on to some basketball talk. We're going to talk about Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors, man. So for a while now, I've had an opinion that has not sat well with a lot of people, and that opinion revolves around Steve Kerr. I am not the biggest Steve Kerr fan. I, I'll go out and say I'm not, okay? And that that's not to say that he hasn't won four rings, that he didn't help us win four rings. He absolutely did, and he played a big part in those. I, I agree. I, I'm not saying that never happened. I'm not saying that's not true. 
but we are in a different time right now and i do believe that steve kerr is is struggling big time and i think it's fair to say steve kerr should be on the hot seat now is he on the hot seat no and he never will be steve kerr gets what he wants he's earned it right with the four years four championships um but no, Steve Kerr won't be on the hot seat, regardless of how much he should be. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So a couple of games ago, a week or two ago, might have been. Um, well, let's just talk about the Warriors in general. First off, they've just been sucking. The Warriors have been terrible. They've not been good. I think they're 10-12 and 12 right now. They lost last night to the Thunder in overtime. They just have been struggling. And they had 28 turnovers last night. 28 i really wonder what the record is because that's got to be close 28 turnovers is terrible basketball that is so ridiculously bad um clay thompson had a fine game steph curry's obviously doing whatever he does jonathan hey hey so okay who's the one guy who's been advocating for jonathan kaminga to get more minutes ever since he's entered the league me that's been me this whole time. Look what he does when he gets minutes. Had 28 minutes last night off the bench. Shot 10 of 21, 24 points. 12 rebounds. Have I not been saying this? I mean, Kaminga gets minutes and he produces. Look, 16 minutes last game. 13 points. Shot 6 of 6. 23 minutes. 17 points. Shot 6 of 8. Tacked on six rebounds, a couple of assists, but a steal and a block. Where you know this 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 is Jonathan Kaminga, and this has been him ever since he's entered the NBA. And Steve Kerr has just been reluctant to play. He just has not Steve Kerr has just not wanted to play him for some reason. For 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 years now. If Jonathan Kaminga was on almost any other team. No, if Jonathan Kaminga was on almost on any other team any he, he there's a chance he'd be an all-star by now but not with the warriors no because steve kerr is the worst the absolute worst at developing young guys and that's just objective truth he can't do it that's like people realize people recognize that he's not good at that so anyone that's going to come out and maybe be like man you are such a steve kerr hater that's the truth he doesn't do it well Jonathan Kaminga should have been getting minutes ever since he entered the got under the Warriors, ever since we drafted him at seven. Don't really understand that. But that's not even my biggest problem. My biggest problem is, is Steve Kerr's rotations. He has arguably the worst rotations in the league. He's terrible at it. He doesn't know how to manage it, right? There was a game. I'm terrible because I'm blanking on who we played. Um, but we ended up losing. It wasn't that ugly Clippers game. But it may have been the game against the Kings, right? I think it was the game against the Kings. Um, yeah, it was. It was the game against the Kings. And um, we ended up losing by one. That's when Malik Monk hit the game winner. And, man, did Steve Kerr make a bunch of ridiculous lineup decisions. He made a ton. Um, first off, he took Steph out with about five minutes to go. What other head coach in the NBA is taking out their star player with five minutes to go in a one-score game. None. There, You can't name me one. Because none of them are that delusional. That doesn't happen in the NBA. Does with Steve Kerr. This is Steve Kerr's logic, okay? 
Listen, this is Steve Kerr's logic. Five minutes to go. It's a one-score game. It's back. It's anybody's game. I say we take out our best player, the most valuable player in the history of the Golden State Warriors franchise, Steph Curry. We take him out. We put Corey Joseph in for a couple minutes. So if anyone wants to, you know, you could shoot me a message or DM me if you actually find the logic in that because I don't and I never will because that's the wrong decision. Uh, but to Steve Kerr, it's not. So we end up losing that game, of course. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't all Steve Kerr. Obviously, we had some disgusting turnovers. Draymond turned the ball over. Steph turned the ball over. But um, what another thing he did was he took out Moses Moody. And when he took out Moses Moody, um, Moses Moody hit two threes. And he also hit two threes that didn't count. So he was making shots. Moses Moody was just making shots. He was the he was the best shot maker on the team at that moment. So you know what Steve Kerr does? Here's Moody. Bang, bang, bang. He's knocking him down. Timeout. Hey, Moody, how about you come uh, sit on the bench now? Mm-hmm. If I had, like, crickets or something or, like, booze, I would cue them in right there because that's a, yet another bad lineup decision by Steve Kerr. Um, the one guy who was hitting shots for us, Moses Moody, played 13 minutes, had 11 points, shot 4-4, four, four. made two two that didn't count. He was on fire. But Steve Kerr takes him out. That's what Steve Kerr does. That's who Steve Kerr is. He does stuff like that. He does stuff like that. Um, also, challenging that call. What was it? Steph Curry took a three, leg kicked out. They call a foul. Now, I disagree with the call, as in, like, I think the rule is dumb, but you know for a literal fact that they're not going to overturn that. You know it. They're just not. But Steve Kerr wasted our final timeout. We had one time, We had one timeout left, and uh, Steve Kerr burned it on something that everybody in the history of the world knew wasn't going to get overturned. <laughs> so, I mean... I don't know, dude. There are people out there who are going to be like, you're you're crazy. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> this is what's funny to me is that, you know, I, I'm coming at Steve Kerr right now, uh, rightfully, and there are going to be people out there who are going to say, how could you come at Steve Kerr? He's won four championships. He's not good enough for you. But those are the same people saying Clay Thompson is washed and should be traded. You got to have it both ways. Listen, I'm a Clay Thompson supporter. I'm recognizing that he's not playing well. He's not. It's just the truth. Klay Thompson has not played well. Last game, he honestly did, though. He had a good... He's honestly... Okay, well, let's look. Because he had a good game last game, um, and the game before was not good. That's right. But last game against OKC, last night, he played really well. Um, but... So those are the same people. Same people that are saying, You can't criticize Steve Kerr. What's wrong with you, man? He's won four NBA finals. Like, is he not good enough for you? And then they turn around and they go, Clay's washed. Clay's not good. You got to trade him. He sucks. I mean, the logic, dude. That's my problem. Sports fans, dude. They just don't, they don't, they don't logically think. I pride myself in thinking objectively and logically. I do. Because I believe that I do. I think... I think very objectively. 
And it doesn't matter who my team is. It doesn't matter. I don't have a bias. I don't have a bias. Okay, if you're talking about the Shohei Otani Dodger thing, sure, that's a bias because I hate the Dodgers. But obviously, I know Shohei Otani is a good player. I mean, I've said that. I'm not saying Shohei Otani is trash because that's just objectively false. But I don't support it. But anyways, I don't show, I don't have a bias when it comes to formulating a take. I don't because I, I just, I want to be objective. That's why the 49ers have the most delusional fan base in sports. There's not a more delusional fan base than the 49ers. They thought Jimmy Garoppolo was the answer. They think Trey Lance is a bust after playing three career games. Delusion. So that's the problem is that sports fans, they're not objective. They're not um, logical when they think. Uh, but I am. I know I am. I, I'm extremely logical when I think because that's all that I use for my, my opinion. So anyways... Back to Steve Kerr. Just to answer this question, should Steve Kerr be on the hot seat? The answer is yes. He should be on the hot seat. I totally believe he should be. This team's not cleaning anything up. What's Steve Kerr doing? Or is he just... He doesn't seem to get fired up about this stuff. You know? Every game, it's, well, we have to work on turning the ball over. Uh, next game, 25 turnovers. Well, you know, we just have to work on turning the ball over and fixing that. Next game, 20 turnovers. Oh, we just have to work on turning the ball over. When are you going to actually do something? Are you actually, like, talking to these guys tell, and figuring things out? No. Oh, how about the, the other game against the Clippers? Draymond Green took the last three. Listen, I know Draymond made four threes in the first quarter, but, but Steve, dude. Steve. You have the two greatest shooters of all time on your team. You have the greatest shooter of all time on your team. Are you going to drop a play and get creative? No, no, absolutely not. This is Steve Kerr's offense. Give the ball to Steph. Let him dribble it out all the way to two seconds. Force him to pass the ball to a power forward in the corner who has to be forced to take the final three. That's the Steve Kerr experience. Right there, the Steve Kerr experience. Brick the three and lose the game. There you go. There you go. That's what the Steve Kerr experience is. Yes, Steve Kerr should be on the hot seat. Let's move on to the 49ers, man. Oh my gosh. What a manhandling that was. They absolutely destroyed the Philadelphia Eagles last week. 42 to 19. Brock Purdy was absolutely Dyson. Went 19 of 27, 314 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Debo Samuel had three touchdowns, two receiving, one rushing. Christian McCaffrey had a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had a touchdown. Jawan Jennings had a touchdown. The 49ers were absolutely cooking. This was an NFC Championship game rematch. Everyone was looking forward to the game. And the 49ers absolutely killed them. They went bird hunting. And they came back with some dead birds. So, the question is, are the 49ers the best team in football? And the answer to that is absolutely they are and that's not to say that the eagles aren't right there they are the eagles are right there but i do believe that the niners are the best team in football and we beat them last season we would beat them if we had brock purdy i'm pretty positive but i know at least it would have been a game but th that's the problem is like yeah you guys won and i'm not arguing that you guys won last year but if we actually had a quarterback, somebody who could throw the football, at least pretend to throw the football, I don't think you would have won. But we didn't. We played the game without a quarterback. So it's like, obviously, you're going to win. That's how, if you, if you played a game without a quarterback, who do you think is going to win? 
It's pretty simple. So this year we played them with one and we hit 42 points and they got 19. Yikes. Big yikes for Eagles fans. 49ers are just good. 49ers are just that good. Brock Purdy is killing it. Um, you know, I mean, Brock Purdy's doing whatever you ask, whatever you can ask, right? He had those three poor games, which really had me skeptical because they were not good. And he's bounced back, man. And Brock Purdy has been absolutely killing it. Just a monster. Should be. I mean, I, I do believe he should be up there in MVP conversation. No, I, he shouldn't win it. I do think the MVP of the league is Tyreek Hill. Um, and I honestly think Christian McCaffrey's probably number two. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 Brock Purdy, man. I mean, he he's probably the quarterback of the future for this Niners team. He's calm. He's poised. He's collected. He doesn't turn the ball over like crazy. I mean, he did. He turned into a little bit of a turnover machine in those three games, but he's cleaned it up. And it's good that he was able to face some of that adversity early on, and rather than in the playoffs, because now he's kind of he knows what it's about. He knows what this league's about. He's not just going to be winning every week. Um, so, yeah, I believe the Niners are the best team in football. I think they're the team to beat. I think the three best teams in football are the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. I think they're all in the NFC. I do think the the, the best team in the AFC is probably Kansas City, but, I mean, who knows? They, they're working with a bunch of clowns in the receiver room. Patrick Mahomes can only do so much. Miami looks good, you know, so it's interesting. But, man, I do think the Niners are the best team right now. They're just all around. You there's not much to do about them. You have Brock Purdy, you have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Trent Williams. The offensive line has looked better. And when Trent Williams is there, I mean, he's such a huge part. I mean, he could be up there for MVP. I mean, seriously. Like, I mean, you got Debo, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and you on the defensive side, you brought in Chase Young. You got Nick Bosa, you got Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, who Come on, what is this whole situation about, dude? Drake Greenlaw should not have been suspended. Fat Dom, what's his name? Fat Dom, the big fat guy on the Eagles who's sitting on the sideline, the security guy. Yeah, that fat so should not be there anymore. He should be kicked out. What an idiot. I don't know what that guy was doing. But yes, yes, the 49ers are the best team in football. It's not close. And uh, it's just as simple. There's not really much to say about it. I mean, they just are. I mean, they, 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 they dismantled the Eagles and they dismantled the Cowboys. What more do you want, dude? I mean, that's what they're killing it right now. So, yes, Niners best team in football, man. I think it's uh, I think it's the truth. I think it's totally the truth. We're gonna move on to the final thing on the uh, lineup today, and that's the in-season NBA tournament. So tonight is actually the championship, and between the Pacers and the Lakers, and the championship doesn't go towards regular season. So the stats from today, the win from today, all this stuff will not go towards regular season stuff. This is a separate game. However, winners get $500,000, right? So they're going to be trying. It's not like people aren't going to be trying. They're going to be trying for 500, 500 grand is on the line. I mean, that's good, especially for like the young guys on the teams. Like that's, that's a big, good chunk of money for them. So here's my opinion on the in-season tournament. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. When the in-season tournament, of, like, the idea was brought up, I was so against it. Like, it was brought up last season, maybe even before that, and I was like, that is the dumbest thing. Like, But as it started to kind of, like, sound more official, I was really, really thinking about it. 
And I started to really like it because I don't believe that there's much of a downside to it. There really is. There's no downside to the in-season tournament at all. There's not one. There's nothing because if you don't like it, then you can then you're just watching regular season basketball. Nothing's new. But if you do like it, then you get to watch a tournament inside. Like it, there's no downside. It's not like it's all these extra games and stuff. It's not. So it's like, why is it a big deal? I don't get why everyone's freaks out about it. It's very simple to follow. I also don't get why people like freak out about like, oh, it's so confusing. It's really not. It's very straightforward. Six groups of five. You play everyone once. Teams with the best records advance to a knockout round, which is a regular, your standard bracket. It's so easy to follow. So, like, people freak out about this in-season tournament. This was an amazing idea. Adam Silver absolutely cooked with the in-season tournament. I'm not a huge Adam Silver guy, but he killed it with this in-season tournament idea. The games are super, like, um, high-tempo. And it feels like it's like a playoff atmosphere in every game. Um, and, you know, it's been like extremely interesting like to follow. And it's cool because it's like the Pacers are in it. And the Pacers have been surprisingly decent. But it's like how cool is it that the Pacers are in the championship? You know, it's not just like Lakers, Celtics or Buck. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Lakers, LeBron made it. But it's like. Pacers, dude, and like the Pelicans were in the round before this. They just lost in the semifinals, so it's like it's so cool to see like these different teams get in um, and just kind of like give them more spotlight too. You know, I think this was a really good idea, and I hope they keep it every season. Now, I think this is the only thing that I would potentially switch. Is I thought it was a little early in this season because it was a little confusing because like I thought the whole point of the in-season tournament was like because people start to get bored, but the thing started like three weeks after the season started. So I was like, no one's had time to get bored yet. People are still into it, you know? I thought like maybe the in-season tournament would be like like December, January it would start, you know, and it would last a month and a half or whatever. Um, But yeah, they that's the one thing that I would potentially critique is like it started pretty instantaneously. Um. And I thought that it was going to start later in the year, which is, that's the one thing. But other than that, like, this thing is an amazing, amazing idea by Adam Silver. You got to give him, got to give him all the credit for that one. Got to give him the credit for, 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 for punching that one through because man, it's been great. I'm really excited to watch the, starts at 5.30. Shoot, I'm actually going to miss the first half. That's not good, but whatever. Um, it's going to be super cool to see. Um, the, the championship is who brings home the trophy. Hopefully it's the Pacers. Like that would be really cool if a team like the Pacers ended up winning it. Like that's, and that just incentivizes too. like other teams, like you're getting $500,000, but also it's like, look, people are going to be like, man, the Pacers like killed the in-season tournament. Like they're going to get noticed. Like that's, I think that's so fire. So yes, in-season tournament, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic idea for the NBA. I hope they keep it every single season. I love the courts. I love how they're all, they're all super unique. Well, Okay, color wise, some of the courts suck, but like like the Mavericks court is so trash, and the Warriors one isn't that good either. But like, um, the courts are cool how they're colored. I would like it rather it be like every court is different, you know, because they're all the same design, just different colors. But again, it's still really cool. That's just like very you know nitpicky stuff. But um, 
yeah, I, I hope they keep the, the the courts, the colored courts for next year. I hope they keep the entire the same style for next year. Um, the the one thing I see going around is like, should they switch the groups? I think it would be cool to keep the groups like forever because then you're just like going to start brewing rivalries, um, which is cool. Like you might start like seeing bigger rivalries, like the Warriors and Kings were in one, which that could just like amplify the rivalry, right? You might start seeing rivalries between two random teams because they're playing each other in this in-season tournament every year. And it's like these really good games, something like that. I think that would be cool. Um, but there are also people who think they should switch it up every year, which I mean, I don't mind either. I don't, I don't think it's, it's too big of a deal, but I do think it would be cool if they stuck with the same groups, um, to create, to like sort of create rivalries, or I think that'd be really cool. So in season tournament, a plus, a plus, a plus absolutely killed it. Um, so good job on that. And other than that, that's going to be it for me, man. Went through uh, Shohei Fraud, Tawny, Steve Kerr, the Niners, and the in-season tournament. A lot of things going on in the sports world right now. Again, I'm sorry that I haven't been ridiculously consistent with my uh, episodes recently. It's just been so much going on. I'll get to try to get an episode out next week as well. Cover going into fantasy playoffs after this week. So, you know, cover some football stuff and, you know, MVP race. I'll probably have somebody on to talk with me about that stuff. But other than that, yeah, everyone out there listening, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. If you're still out there, you must have enjoyed something. So maybe leave a thumbs up, a like, a rating, a review, anything like that. I uh, would really, really be appreciated for me. Help the uh, the channel, the podcast grow. It would be super dope. Um, if you want to find me on social media, you know, you could do that on Instagram at the nightshift.pod, on TikTok at the nightshiftpod, and on Twitter at the nightshift, two T's at the beginning, two T's at the end. Uh, if you ever want to come on the show, have any questions for me, you know, you can email me at pod.thenightshift at gmail.com. And that's about it. Again, if you're out there listening, thank you so much. Again, don't be, go, go check out my uh, Truth About Marketing episode on, it's on YouTube, Truth About Marketing. That's the name of the channel. And uh, you can find me on there. Talk for like 45 minutes or so. All about marketing business. Get some good strategies, some good advice out there. And go check out all of the other episodes for Truth About Marketing because it's just been, it has been like, it's a super, super cool series and very informative. Like you, you learn a lot about the business world and the marketing world and what to follow, what not to do, stuff like that. It's been really, really good. So go check that out and keep listening to the Night Shift. We got good episodes. We're pumping them out. We're cranking them out. You know how we do that. So, okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. That's going to be all for me. I'm out. Peace.